Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Errol Flynn. And Lana Turner. The Gulf Screen Guild Theater. Presenting tonight, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And here is your host, the director of the star's own theater, Roger Pryor. Good evening, everyone. The Gulf Oil Companies and your neighborhood good Gulf dealer welcome you to the Gulf Screen Guild Theater production of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It stars Lana Turner as Mrs. Smith and Errol Flynn as, guess who? Mr. Smith. One slightly used thespian, known to the carriage trade as Roger Pryor, will portray the role of Jefferson Custer III, which is just about two too many. Oscar Bradley's music will embellish the drama, and here's a bit of it right now to start off our story. On September the 10th, 1938, David Smith married Anne Krausheimer. On September the 11th, they had a quarrel. But on the morning of September the 12th, they made up. David said it was his fault. Anne said it was her fault. On September the 13th, they had a quarrel. But on the morning of September 14th, they made up. David said it was his fault. Anne said it was her fault. Yesterday was February the 7th, 1942, and they had a quarrel. We joined them on the morning of February the 8th. It was all my fault, Anne. Oh, no, David, darling, it was my fault. No, no, you were dead right about my brother. He is a bum. Well, of course he is. Oh, but I shouldn't pick on your relatives. It isn't sporting. Well, I called your Aunt Edith an old tomato, and... But, darling, she is an old tomato. Well, just the same. I didn't have to prove it. I guess I lost my head when you threw the sugar bowl at me. Oh, I shouldn't have done that, David. My heart leaped up in my throat and just sort of hung there the minute I saw it flying through the air. Oh, well, it was nothing to be frightened about. I ducked in plenty of time. Oh, well, that's what frightened me. It really was a cowardly thing to do, David. You knew very well you were standing right in front of the pot of palm that Mother gave us for Christmas. Now, I know you've never liked my mother, but there's oh, no... Oh, no, re- no, no. Let's not bring your mother into this, darling. Oh, this is a free country. My mother has a perfect right to come into this conversation. No, she hasn't. Not into my conversation. Well, it's my conversation, too. Oh, yeah? Well, let me tell you something. Oh, now, no, let... I'm going to tell you something. Well, that gives you an idea of how Mr. and Mrs. Smith start and finish any day of any year in their married life together. But before we hear more about them, let's first talk about us, huh? You know, friends, as we here in America watch the war coming closer and closer to our shores, all of us learn to fear the phrase, 
too little and too late. So now that we're in it, we want to make our future secure by having too much for our enemies, too soon for them. Along with all of you golfers contributing to this great effort. For instance, within the last year, Gulf research scientists developed a new chemical which is being used in the manufacture of synthetic rubber. And all of you know how much the nation will rely on the synthetic rubber we're getting ready to produce. There are certainly thousands of ways American individuals and institutions are contributing to our country's wartime production job. Gulf is proud to do its share in as many ways as it can, just as you are. Because Gulf planned ahead, kept persistently at its peacetime work of developing more and finer petroleum products, Gulf was ready to do its wartime job and its regular one as well. That's why, subject only to the nation's first call, you folks who depend on your cars for regular transportation can buy the finest available petroleum products from your neighborhood good Gulf dealer at the sign of the Gulf Orange Disc. Well, now back to the story of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Well, and so the Smiths had another quarrel. Somehow or other, David got into his new tweed topcoat, on which Anne thought she saw some dark hairs, and got out of the house at last. We pick him up as he arrives in his office and is confronted by his partner, Jefferson Custer III. All right, Jeff, all right. So it's 11 o'clock. I burn my candles at both ends. I don't believe in the Easter Bunny. I'm forever blowing bubbles. I'm a mess. Now, please get that suffering expression off your face. That's quite unfair, David. I only suggested that the members of a legal firm should have a little more regard for routine. Well, I'd be glad to, but I can't let business interfere with the fights I have at home. Now, it's a pity you can't be less aggressive in your relationship with Anne. Oh, naturally, I'm to blame. I didn't say that, but it does seem odd that you have so many quarrels. Anne is such a gentle person. Gentle? She's the only dreamboat I ever saw with 16-inch guns. Well, what's on the docket for today? Any new cases? Well, uh, Mr. Deaver wants to see you. He's been waiting an hour. Deaver? Never heard of him. Well, bring him in. Well, he says it's a private matter. I won't stay. Of course you'll stay. You know I never talk to a client unless you're around. Bring him in. Very well. Uh, Mr. Smith will see you now, Mr. Deaver. I appreciate the compliment you paid me, David. A compliment? I just meant that you're good atmosphere. Other law officers have marble statues of Alexander Hamilton. We have you. Oh. Mr. Smith, I am Leonidas Deaver. Well, have a chair, Mr. Deaver. What's on your mind? Are you Mr. David Smith? That's right. Are you the Mr. David Smith who married Miss Ann Krausheimer in Beecham, Idaho? I am. Well, in that case, Mr. Smith, I have a surprise for you. Oh, goody. Beecham is not in Idaho, but Nevada. They just found out by a new survey. Don't say. Yes. So you and Miss Krausheimer are not legally married. Well, that could have to... What? Say that again? You're not really married, Mr. Smith. <laughs> Isn't that reprehensible? <laughs> David, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> well, I see no reason for amusement, David. This is quite oh, a serious matter. Serious? It's hilarious. For three years, now get this, for three years, I've been pounding on the bathroom door and saying, hurry up, darling, get out of that tub. And who was in the tub? Miss Krausheimer. Oh, Hello? Hello, Anne. Now, David, if you've just called me up to start another argument... Argument, darling? Why, nothing was further from my mind. I got a great idea. Let's call off that bridge date for tonight and just stay home and be romantic, huh? David, are you feeling all right? Why, sure, I never felt better in my whole life. I just happen to feel romantic, that's all. Now, 
let's have an intimate little dinner, and you can wear that black lace. Oh, just a minute, David. Who is it? Your dear mother, darling. Oh, well, sit down, and I'll be right there. It was mother, David. Oh, that old pest. What? I said, uh, give her my best. Uh, <laughs> darling, you better get rid of her before I come home, don't you? Get rid of her? Well, I mean, we don't want anyone around tonight, darling. Let's have candles on the table. Oh, yes, put on some of that perfume I like, you know? The kind that makes my nostrils twitch. Why, David, what on earth's come over you? Oh, just wait and see. Will you be ready? Well, yes, darling. Goodbye. Goodbye, sweet. Oh, Angel, I'm so worried. Oh, hello, Mother. I suppose you dropped in for lunch. Oh, my poor little girl. There's nothing wrong with me. What are you talking about? You're not married. You're crazy. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I met Leonidas Diva from Beecham this morning, and he explained that Beecham is rarely in Nevada, and you have an Idaho license. Is that bad? It means you're not legally married. Oh, my poor baby. To think that such a disgrace should come to the Carl Simon. Oh, calm down, Mother. All David has to do is marry me again. <gasps> As soon as I tell him. Oh, but he knows by now. Mr. Diva was going to see him this morning. <laughs> oh, of course he knows. I see the whole thing now. Did he mention it when he was talking to you on the phone? No. No, but he will. You see, he wants to be romantic about it. Oh. We're having dinner at home tonight with candles, and he'll propose all over again. My poor child, I hope you're right. I've never trusted David Smith. Now, you listen to me, Anne. If he doesn't propose oh, tonight... Oh, Mother, don't be ridiculous. Of course he'll propose. I won't say yes right away, of course. I think I'll make him coax me like I did the first time. But don't you worry, Mother. As soon as dinner's over, David and I will make you an honest mother-in-law. <laughs> Now, that was my idea of a really swell dinner. Was it, darling? Oh, definitely. You buy the best canned spaghetti I've ever tasted. <laughs> How about some more champagne, huh? No. No, thanks. I'm all bubbly now. Anne, there's something I'd like to say to you. Yes, David. Come here, darling. There. Now, what do you want to tell me? Anne. Yes? Gee, you smell good. <laughs> oh. David... David, I was thinking today, how would you like to go to Beecham on our next vacation? Oh, now, don't change the subject. Mm. Oh, there's something about you tonight that goes right to my nose. Oh. Mm, seductive. Mm, that's what that perfume is. <laughs> oh, dear. When I first met you in Beecham, you smelled of hay and Castile soap, remember? <laughs> uh -huh. Um, did I tell you the mother was here today? We had quite a chat. Oh, I bet you did. Oh, that reminds me. Yes, David. Anne, there's something I want to ask you. Yes, David. How can a girl with a mother like yours smell so nice? <laughs> well, I... I believe I will take some more champagne. That's the spirit. Look, why don't we take the bottle and a couple of glasses and go into the other room, hmm? We'll turn the little radio on nice and low. And... David. David, I want to tell you something. Oh, but none of that swing stuff. Uh, tonight I'd settle for Wayne King. Come on. David Smith, you'd better listen to me right now. Well, that's pretty important. It certainly is. I know all about the Idaho wedding license. Oh. Oh, that. Yes, that. Mother heard it from Mr. Deaver. Well, 
Looks like I'm out in a double play, huh? Diva to mother to you. You knew all the time and you weren't going to tell oh, me. Oh, you're wrong, sweetheart. I was going to tell you, but later. How much later? Well... Oh, I should have known. Oh, now take it easy, You honey. were just you... going to lead me on and on and when you got tired of me, you were going to cast me aside like a worn-out orange. Oh, no, you mean glove. No, I didn't mean any harm, honey. Look, we'll go down to the city hall and get married again first thing in the morning. Oh, and where do you think you're going to spend the night? Why, here, of course. <laughs> oh, no, you're not, you... You Wayne King listener, get out! Oh, but darling... Get you're... out! No, no, you're just upset, baby. After all, a man's wife can't just... I am not just... your wife. I'm Miss Ann Krause. No, wait. And you don't live here anymore. Oh, sweetheart, you don't mean it. She means it. Good morning, Miss Lanning. Good morning, Mr. Smith. Mr. Custer's waiting for you in your office. Thanks. Hello. Sit down, David. There's something I want to say to you. Briefly, it's... Briefly, it's... Really? What else is new? <laughs> Pardon me, I believe I'm getting a cold this beastly weather. You should have your galoshes retreaded. Do you uh, have something to say to me? Uh, yes, I just spoke to Anne on the telephone. Oh. I asked her to come down here, to talk this over quietly and sanely. You're much too fine, both of you, to have this happen. Oh, Gosh, Jeff, this is awfully decent of you. I'm going to take matters in my own hands, David. After all, you and Anne, you mean a good deal to oh, me. Oh, Jeff, I don't... Shake hands with me, Jeff. Glad to, old man. Jeff, you're the best pal a guy ever had. We're partners, old man. And you're the best law partner a guy ever had. We were school chums, old man. I'll say we were. Why, you were the best fullback Michigan ever had. Oh, come now, old oh, man. Oh, I always said Harmon was a greater back, but I was wrong, Jeff. Why, that Harmon, he couldn't even touch you. Thanks, old man. Mrs. Smith is here. Send her in, old man. <laughs> Send her in. This way, Mrs. Smith. Hello, Jeff. Well, glad to see you, Anne. I... Talk to my lawyer. Your lawyer? What lawyer? Anne has asked me to represent her in this matter, David. What? Anne doesn't need a lawyer. You're right, David, she doesn't, because according to the facts, you two aren't married at all. Why, you sniveling shyster. No, you no, no. Call no, yourself no. a lawyer. Someday an ambulance is going to back up and knock all your teeth out. That... Now, let's not lose our tempers. We must face facts. You two simply are not married and never have been. What do you mean? Oh, I admit a certain relationship has existed between you. Let's not go into that. The uh, law states clearly that should the woman care to halt this relationship and marry someone else, she has a legal right to do so. Really? Are you sure, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. Peterson versus Peterson, Huber versus Huber, Casey versus Casey, and Horowitz versus the state of Pennsylvania. Why, <laughs> Horowitz sounds like a bigamist. You're supposed to be a friend of mine, Custer, huh? And you tell her things like that. I have never taken advantage of our friendship, David. It's only because you're standing here that I'm able to say to Anne decently and honestly, Anne, would you care to have dinner with me tomorrow night? Why, of course, Jeff. Where? Now, well, Anne, I warn you, if you have dinner with him tomorrow night, we're through. Good. What time, Jeff? Now, we're through, well, Anne. From now on, we're just friends. The store club, all right, Jeff? Any way you say. Very well. Goodbye, Anne. And as for you, Custer... Yes, David? Why, you... You... You couldn't even carry Harmon's water bucket. So David flies into a rage and hauls down the curtain on the first act of the Gulf Screen Guild Theater production of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Before we haul up the Gulf Curtain for the second act, 
we'd like to overhaul a very important subject, namely, how to make your car last longer. These days, wherever you go, you're likely to hear folks talking about how to save their cars. But do you know, some of the ones who are talking about it are missing out on one of the most modern ways of making a car last longer. You see, in many cases, harmful dirt or abrasive grit may have worked into the very grease that's supposed to be protecting your car's chassis, bearings, and other friction surfaces. It can happen to any car, you know, and when it does, that car wears out far faster than it should. Now, Gulf has an inexpensive remedy, one you just can't beat at any price, called Gulflex Registered Lubrication. Since we're just about ready to hear the rest of the fascinating story of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I won't bother with technical details. But just you go to the good Gulf dealer in your neighborhood and tell him to Gulflex your car. When he gets through, that dirt and grit will be forced right out of there, and your bearings and other vital friction points will be packed with a proper Gulflex lubricant. Then your car will ride smoother, handle easier, and last longer. Now, one other thing. Gulflexing costs no more than ordinary greasing. But don't let this modest cost fool you. You can't get a better lubrication job at any price than the Gulflex job you can get from your own neighborhood good golf dealer. And that's a tip worth following, ladies and gentlemen. And now for the second act of that RKO comedy, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, adapted by Keith Fowler and Frank Galen. Errol Flynn plays Mr. Smith. Lana Turner plays Mrs. Smith, and yours truly is heard as Jefferson Custer III. Well, two weeks have passed, and Anne's date with Jeff has turned into a series of dates. David is frantic because he has heard that Anne intends to marry Jeff. And Anne is frantic because David is frantically chasing her all over town which is a pretty frantic situation. Now we find her knocking frantically on Jeff's door. Ed, what are you doing here? Well, it was either your apartment or the park, Jeff. David has taken over my home. Well, come in, come in. <laughs> oh, you poor girl. Oh, you're so understanding. Say, how's the cold? Oh, fine. I think it's nearly gone. Well, think again. <laughs> now, I'm so glad you decided to come to me with your troubles, Ed. You could count on me always. Oh, thanks, Jeff, and good night a million. Say, young man, what you need is a little medical attention. Where's your liquor cabinet? Oh, I feel fine, Ed. You sit right down. I'll have you fixed up in a jiffy. Ah, here we are. Uh, Ed, Ed, that's whiskey. Well, of course. David always takes this for a cold or, or anything else. <laughs> is, is that all for me? Two big swallows now, and there'll be one less pneumonia case tomorrow. But I don't drink liquor. I just keep that here for Dave. Uh, for friends. You mean you never drink? Well, I haven't anything against other people drinking it, mind you, but I just never seem to be getting around to breaking training. For my football days, you know, I eat four different uh, vegetables a day. But this isn't alcohol, Jeff. It's medicine. Well, if you think I ought to take it. I certainly do. Now, one big gulp. All right. <sighs> there we are. My goodness, didn't you feel it? Didn't it burn or anything? No, I've tried this before as an experiment, of course. Liquor simply does not affect me. My metabolism, I believe. Well, I've never seen anyone hold it like that. Oh, I don't think one is going to do you any good. Oh, now, Ed, Well, it's I... all medicine kills the germs. Uh, Come on, drink up now. Very well. Your health. <sighs> what a constitution. Do you know, I... I believe my cold is gone. <laughs> well, I 
never saw anyone in my life who could swallow whiskey like that. Oh, I imagine it's common among cases of high tamabolism. I know. High what? Tamabolism. Uh-oh. My, it's, uh, harm in don't you think? Uh-huh, maybe that second one was too much. Oh, nonsense, my dear, I... Uh, Miss Ann, may I leave your bag for a moment? Well, well certainly. I find a cold shower counteracts the effect of alcohol, so if yours... Jeff, Jeff, speak to me. Jeff, wake up. Oh, dear, Jeff. Coming, coming. Is this Mr. Jefferson Custer III's apartment? Yes, yes, that's here on the floor. Won't you come in? May I ask just what is going on in here? Oh, too much whiskey. Here, help me get his clothes off. Oh, very well. I, I beg your pardon. Oh, now, really, don't be stuffy. Say, who are you anyway? Uh, I am his mother. His mother? Oh, please, Mrs. Custer, let me explain, you see. I... As a matter of fact, I insist that you do. Yes, it, well, I'm a friend of his, and, and we... Oh, look, I think he's coming, too. Jeff, are you all right, Jeff? Uh, oh, yes, I... Yes, I think so. Oh, my... Mother, where, where did you come from? From Newport, and rather opportunely, it seems. Jefferson, who is this woman? Well, she... Oh, oh, now, now, wait a minute. Don't, don't get the wrong impression, Mother. Anne is a, Anne is a very dear, sweet girl, and none of this is her fault at all. She was only trying to help. Indeed? Miss Kalsheimer happens to be a very good friend of mine. More than a friend, I might add. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, Anne and I are going to be married. Married? Oh, well, that's different, my dear. I am so sorry for what I said. I know that if my son wants you to be his wife, you're everything you should be. Thank you. Oh, my, this is our busy day, isn't it? Uh, would you answer the door, Anne? Of course. So, I thought you'd be here. David, David, don't you dare make a scene because... Well, because Jeff's mother is here. Oh, now, she is? please, David. Who is it, Anne? Oh, Hello, David. Hello. Mother, uh, come here. This is my partner, David Smith. Oh, how do you do, Mrs. Smith? Jeff's written me so much about you. Uh, oh, uh, I presume you know Miss Krautheimer? Uh, yes, we met some time ago. Oh, I've just heard the news, Mrs. Smith. Isn't it thrilling? But I suppose it's an old story to you. Oh, yes. Older than you think, Mrs. Custer. Hey, Krause? Well, I... Uh, where are you going on your honeymoon, Jeff? Bermuda? Bermuda? Oh, I wouldn't advise that. Anne's an awful sailor. Say, Krause, remember the trip we took on the Albany night boat, huh? Um, the Albany night boat? Yeah. Now, if you do take a boat trip, Jeff, you'll have to put her to bed and hold a hot water bottle on her stomach. Oh! I know, brother. Believe me, why, all night uh, long. You see, I... he considers himself a medical authority, Mrs. Custer. Really? David, don't you think you ought to be leaving? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I just dropped in to ask Krause if my shorts were back from the laundry yet. <laughs> Your shorts? Uh, Krause, uh, uh, Anne sort of took care of his things around the house. Uh, yes, little household things. Yeah, best little housekeeper you ever saw. Jeff's a lucky man, Mrs. Custer. I wish you were going to marry me. You do, Mr. Smith? Why, you bet. Oh, Krause's quite a girl. Believe me, I ought to know. After all, I've been sitting across a breakfast table from her for three solid years. <laughs> oh, Jefferson, it's time that I was running along. I'd like to see you later, if you don't mind, in private. Goodbye. David Smith, I hate you. Who, that me? was downright mean, David. However, it will do you no good. I intend to marry Anne before this month is out. Before this week is out. Well, what's the matter with tonight? Right now. By gad, that's a good idea. It certainly is. We'll be married tonight. You mean tonight? 
Why, sure. Jeff and I know a justice of the peace who lives right in this neighborhood. He can be over here in five minutes with a special license. Oh, but, but this is so sudden. Yes, but it will settle things once and for all. I'll go inside and phone him. In five minutes, we'll be man and wife. Well, Anne, I hear you're getting married. Congratulations. You engineered this, you sneak. Marry me off to that man. Well, I thought you loved him. I do love him. I love him madly. But how do I know whether I want to marry him? Oh, I'm not going to let you do to good old Jeff what you've done to me. His reputation must be protected. You. You are a... Yeah, I know, I know. Rhymes with mouse, huh? (laughs) Well, well, it's all settled. The justice will be over in a couple of minutes with a special license. Ah, fine. And just to show you there's no hard feelings, I'll be the best man. Well, let's have a little drink to your happiness, huh? You know I never drink. Oh, come on. Now a man only gets married now and then. Jeff doesn't drink, David. Liquor does things to him. Why, Anne, you know liquor doesn't affect me. If you're referring to what happened before, well, it must have been something I ate. Oh, sure. That's all it was. Why, old Jeff can handle any amount of liquor. It's the food that throws him every time. Absolutely. (laughs) Remember the night after we won that Harrington case, Jeff? Oh. We thought we ought to celebrate, so we sent out for a salami sandwich and five bottles of vodka. And what happened? Poor old Jeff passed out cold. The salami went right to his head. (laughs) You know, I haven't touched a salami sandwich since. Well, but this is nothing but a harmless bottle of whiskey. Come on, let's have a drink. Uh, Jeff, you better not. Nonsense. It couldn't possibly hurt me. That's right. We men know what we're doing. Pour a shot for all of us, Jeff, old man. You bet. One for you. One for you. And one for me. Uh, is this your idea of a shot, Jeff? Certainly. Looks more like a barrage. <laughs> well, my friends, here's to, uh... Pardon me, I'll answer it. It's probably just a slip in. Well, Anne, in a few minutes, you'll be Mrs. Jefferson Custer III, which is quite a bunch of Custers. Yes, I... I guess I will. Great old name, Custer, but it's not what it used to be. The best you can say for old Jeff is that he might die with his spats on. <laughs> How do you feel, honey? Me? I, I feel wonderful. I've never been happier. Yeah. Do you want to be happy under my handkerchief? Oh, David, I'm scared. Oh, there's nothing to be scared about, I mean. Well, I, I mean, I'm not sure. Well, uh, here's Justice Flippin. Uh, you know Mr. Smith, of course, Justice, and this is the bride, Miss Anne Crossheimer. Delighted, delighted. Ah, having a drink, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, won't you oh, join? Oh, delighted, delighted. Uh, all right. You say when. That's, uh, all there is. When? <laughs> well, here's to a long and happy marriage. Down the hatch, everybody. Oh. Ah, excellent, excellent. <laughs> um, now, uh, let's proceed with the ceremony. Will the bride step forward? And the groom. I work. Did, uh, did somebody push him? Oh, I knew it. He's down again. Yes, that was strong whiskey. I, I don't feel it myself, but I can see how others might. Oh, poor Jeff. We'll never revive him now. I gather... I mean, I gather the wedding is off. Yeah. I guess it is. Poor little girl. There she stands, Justice Flippin. Who's those two girls with her? (laughs) What two? Oh, they're the bridesmaids. She's the one in the middle. Doesn't your heart ache for her, Justice? It even burns. (laughs) 
look at her. No rings on her fingers and a drunken sot at her toes. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sacrifice myself to revive her faith in men. I'm going to marry her myself. You'll do nothing of the sort. Well, I wouldn't marry you if you... Proceed with the ceremony, Justice. Very well. You, David Smith, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded husband... Uh, a wife? I certainly do. This whole thing is a plot. You made Jeff take that drink because you knew what would happen. Well, sure, and so did you. But did you try to stop him? Well, I... Well, proceed I... with the ceremony, Justice. You and Chris Hummer from Hisser cross him. Crossheimer! You said it. <laughs> you... Do you and what he said take this man to be your lawfully wedded wife? She does. I do not. She does. Well, make up your minds, do she or don't she? All right, I do, but... Well, that's but enough, I... that's enough. Then by authority of my virtue as man and wife, I now pronounce you justice of this count. <laughs> Errol and Lana, you did a great job. And for a splendid cause, too. We're very grateful to you for donating your time tonight so golf could give the money you would ordinarily receive to the Motion Picture Relief Fund. Thank you, Roger. And we're grateful for the opportunity. Yes, it's always a pleasure to appear on the golf program, Roger. Incidentally, I understand you've got one of the outstanding radio shows of the year scheduled for next week. Is that right? That's putting it gently, Errol. Next week, the Golf Screen Guild Theater will present Charles Taswell's great script, Liberty's a Lady. One of the most thrilling, unusual, and timely stories ever heard on the air. As the star of Liberty's a Lady, we'll have with us one of the few actresses who could do full justice to this script. Miss Loretta Young. Oscar Bradley's already at work on a great score, and it'll be a much-talked-of show. So make a date right now to be with us at this time next Sunday, when we present Loretta Young in Liberty's a Lady. Until then, this is Roger Pryor speaking for your neighborhood good golf dealer and saying... How about a date for dinner, Lana? You're on. We're off. Good night, everyone. America has a job to do, a big job, and every one of us must help in every way we can if our country is to win this war. You may not be able to fly a plane or handle a gun on the front lines, but you can help do your part by backing up Uncle Sam with money. Buy defense bonds and stamps. Every dime, every dollar you put into defense bonds and stamps strengthens your country, makes it easier to defeat Hitler and the Japs. So buy bonds at your bank, post office, or savings and loan association. Get defense stamps at the store or from your newspaper carrier boy and help win the war. But he's been speaking. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.